1: You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm Scott Dworkin. Today on the show, we delve into Donald Trump Jr.'s ties to Russia and our investigation over the past two years into him. We've uncovered a ton of documents, photos, and videos linking him not just to Russia, but also to people in former Soviet states through his travels and his involvement in a mobbed-up hotel deal in Manhattan that collapsed spectacularly and should have led to criminal charges earlier, but hasn't. Yet. Lots of exclusive information, and you get to hear the the behind-the-scenes of what we found and how it happened by listening to this podcast episode right now. Grant Stern will join me soon. But first, let me tell you the backstory of how my investigation into Donald Trump Jr. began. During the 2016 election... While working for the Democratic Coalition leading our investigations team I discovered a video of him in Riga, Latvia saying that he did a lot of business in Russia and traveled there frequently, right when his daddy's campaign was in full-on denial mode, claiming no business ties, no Russian business ties whatsoever there. Then six weeks after the election my research stumbled on to something brand new unique, and different about Don Jr.'s trips to Moscow. I was looking up Trump Jr., and one of the things that i come across was an old article in a Russian newspaper that says he did a Russian real estate conference back in 2008. So I decided to dig around a little bit more. And what I found was pictures and a guest list of people who were in attendance, and some of those people included members of the Russian government. He was a keynote speaker at that conference. Not just a Junior Joe, not just a coffee boy, and not just somebody random. After finding that, I gave the material to my producer Grant Stern to work on figuring out what all this means and see if he wanted to write a story about it. Grant was on vacation and he dropped everything to write a long deep dive report about Donald Trump Jr.'s Russian keynote speaking gig in the Huffington Post. Grant and I discussed the details of Don Jr.'s big trip to Russia in this podcast as well as what tipped him off, that it's important, and why he dropped everything to get the story out, one of the biggest scoops in the Trump leak series of reports that I researched and that Grant Stern authored. So here is part one of our Dworkin Report investigation into Donald Trump Jr., with Grant Stern, where we discuss why this trip was an important connection to Russia for the Trump Organization. Donald Trump Jr. was the keynote speaker alongside two Putin allies in Russian government service at the Russian Real Estate Summit in 2008. One Putin ally was an elected legislator in the Duma, or National Parliament of his party, and the other, a senior trade official involved in organizing development around the Sochi Winter Olympic Games, in which the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, was widely involved. Joining me right now, the one, the only, the master blaster of investigations, the guy that I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and picks up his phone, the guy that I call on Christmas Day and say, I've got a scoop of this picture and I have no idea what it is, can you explain it to me? Grant Stern, how are you today?
0: I'm good. How are you doing, Scott?
1: My favorite producer. I'm doing well. Uh, you know it's fun to to talk about this uh this stuff, especially since it's more pertinent now than ever. Um, so I, I guess if you could give us a little background on um, you know this Russian real estate summit that uh, Don Jr. served as a keynote speaker for, you know when was it and where was it located and, and who was in attendance?
0: Well, that's a that's three different questions, and each of them is actually a mouthful. But the the beginning of it is is that Donald Trump Jr. used to be a paid speaker, and as a paid speaker, he earned uh, over forty thousand dollars per appearance from a company called BigSpeak dot com, who has since removed his listing from their website. Um, it was an active listing when we when I wrote the story for Huffington Post in twenty seventeen. And he took a speaking gig for a company called Adam Smith Conferences. They're a large, international, professional conference maker. They're very respected. This is like where the creme de la creme go to network. Um, just for example, the American company Collier's was the, one of the sponsors at the 2008 Russian Real Estate Conference in Moscow, and Donald Trump Jr. was the keynote speaker And they held the conference on uh, June 3rd through 5th of 2008. And just to give you an idea of what was going on while this conference was happening, the American financial markets were crashing. It was really like post-crash. As a financial pro, I can tell you that uh, the finance markets dried up in July of 2007. And then a lot of the dominoes that caused the Great Recession had already fallen. But anybody who was steeped in this stuff like Donald Trump Jr. would have known that. So it screams to me that he was going there and looking for money. Um, and of course, in September of 2008, just uh, three months after his visit for the Russian real estate conference, uh, he said, hey, most of our, uh, you know, we, a lot of our assets are Russian. And this was like, you know, the widely quoted story from E-Turbo News. So, I mean, it definitely seems like a key time period, and Donald Trump Jr.'s interest in Russia and his, uh, you know, his Russian ties seem to grow exponentially, starting with that point. Like, there's only one other trip to Russia that Donald Trump Jr. has been documented to have taken, and that was in 2005 along with Felix Sater and Mikhail Babel and Michael Deezer, or Dezertoff, the, the people who did the Trump uh, towers in Sunny Isles Beach, Florida. Um, and they were accompanied by one of Oleg Deripaska's little minions or vassals, a man named Mikhail Babel, whos actually a fugitive now. There's a couple of fugitives in this story. Um, so that's, that's what he you know that's what he did and where he went. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, a few years later said that he was taking a lot of trips to Russia and when you notice that there's so much business going back and forth between the trumps and Russia and you know not a lot of real estate being built it makes you say there's probably money moving you know out of Russia where people are taking you know fleeing the ruble they're fleeing the insecurity of the russian state and they want to have their money denominated in dollars
1: so who are who are some of the people that attended the conference? Because I know that it uh, definitely the, it was the elite of the elite. Um, but who who was on the guest list of this? I know that there were some uh, direct links to Putin, people that worked directly for Putin that were in the audience, um, and that as you had mentioned, some people that uh, are now uh, being chased by authorities. But uh, who who was in the audience that day that uh, Don Jr. gave the speech at the Russian real estate Su- summit?
0: Well, forgetting the audience, we're talking about on the dais, and and that's, you know, Donald Trump Jr. actually has said that his speaking gigs were great networking events. Um, one of the speakers is a gentleman named Valery Panov, and Panov was a member of the Expert Committee for Urban Construction and Territorial Development in the state Duma, which is the equivalent of the House of Representatives there. And he was a member of Russia United. Uh, panoff has since since become a fugitive from justice, and i don't think he's been seen since um
1: oh he's a member of Unite- united russia like united russia the um putin's putin's party
0: yes, he was a member of putin's political party when all of this went down he became a fugitive several years later many years later um, but he was you know there as a member of Ru- uh, putin's party and he was in charge of urban construction and territorial development that means he's a builder. Um, another important guest, uh, is Olga Andreeva. She was the director, and I think still is the director of the Agency for Economic Development for the Krasnodar region. Why is that important? Sochi. This would be like the equivalent of being like the head of the Chamber of Commerce in America, Uh quasi Government body, quasi-private body that is there to facilitate business, but it just doesn't function in the same way there that it does here. And Andreeva, she's, you know, I would say she's probably pretty close to Putin because she helped uh, facilitate the billion dollars worth of construction in Sochi. This is such a significant event that the Russian people still talk about Sochi, even though it was four years ago, and not in a very good way. I was just reading an article on the Carnegie Institute's website where they did a focus group with Russians because Putin wants to raise the retirement age to dilute everybody's pension there because of all of their financial woes. A lot of them are complaining that uh, Putin has the money for wars and he had the money to build Sochi, but he doesn't have the money for this. So it's a very politically important event. And she was right at the heart of it. And of course, you know, the Trump family actually said in their press kit, they said that they announced that they want to build elite housing and hotels in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Sochi.
1: This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. $50 billion. Putin would never let someone lead $50 billion into the Olympics, uh, especially when it was dependent on looking good and making sure it was done on time. He would only trust the... You know, his his trusted allies would only be placed in that. And Olga Andreeva was one of those people.
0: Right. I mean, she was like a local project manager. Think of her that way.
1: Right. For $50 billion.
0: For $50 billion worth of economic development. I mean, you know, we haven't found any deals in Sochi, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't some sort of attempt made. And certainly she would have been an important figure. And then the last uh, important figure that I found is actually a a fellow named Alexei Panfilov. And he is the president or was the president of a group called Garant Invest. Now, I like to compare it to another Russian oligarch who people have heard about a little bit more, especially over the summer. Um, You know, Victor Vexelberg is uh, a Russian oligarch. Uh, He was you know, donated money to the Trump inauguration through his family office, Columbus Nova. He's a partner with, uh, or former partner of the Treasury Secretary, Wilbur Ross. So you know, he's a thief. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Vexelberg, uh, you know, he actually names all of his companies something Nova, Nova, Columbus Nova. And in that way, you know, Garants is a very singular name. There's not a lot of Garants out there. And, you know, I was searching and there is, like, Garant is a conglomerate, Um, you know, there's, I mean, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're involved in real estate, Um, that's why they're at the conference, of course. And Garant is also the name of the company who actually uh, did the Trump, the Trump Hotel, the 33-story Trump Hotel in Baku, Azerbaijan. Which is built, but it's not open. It's like a failed like monument to Trumpism, I guess, or something. <laughs> um, but you know, to have the same name company and pop up like four or five years later in the former Soviet Union, um, you know I mean that that screams to me that there was some sort of spark there because you know let's face it, I mean, in the for you know, Russia and the former Soviet Union, you're not gonna have like a lot of people you know, using the same name, pretending to be somebody else that happen to all be in the same business. It's there's a great potential that there's a tie there. And so I cited it in the original story and, and that's something that also probably came out of that event.
1: And the Iranian National Guard was involved with that. On top of the fact that it was not just Don Jr. and Donald Trump, it also was Ivanka Trump. But Ivanka was obviously on the on the ground there, and they did uh, you know a lot of work there. And there's links back to um, the Aguilarov family in Russia. One of those those oligarchs.
0: Yeah, and ba- yeah, they're from Baku, and uh, and you know Emin Aguilarov, who uh, is the pop uh, musician whose manager set up the the Trump Tower meeting uh, for Dirt on Hillary during the 2016 campaign. Uh, They're Azerbaijani-Russian, and actually Emin Aguilarov married one of the president of Azerbaijan's daughters, and they recently got divorced. So there's a lot of ties there.
1: Is this uh, hotel ever going to be finished? Is it still owned by Trump? Um, You know, why is it still there?
0: Well, it's it's built as a structure, but uh, I think that they've abandoned the project. That was the last I heard. Um, you know, it, I think they removed it from their website and everything because they don't own the, the tower, you know. They don't own the real estate. They just slapped their name on it. Um, I mean, the New Yorker called it their worst project ever. And uh, it's... I mean, let's see. I, I think I don't know. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of <laughs> allegations of corruption uh, surrounding the Trump Azerbaijan Tower.
1: Right, and so let's get back to the the conference. So why why did he go there in the first place, and how 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 connected do you have to be to get to be a keynote speaker at one of these events?
0: Well, why how connected do you have to be? It's not about so much connected uh, being connected, but it's just you know, reputation, I guess, or demand, I mean, you know, they were planning an all-out press offensive. The Trump organization issued press releases. Um, You know, this wasn't just a Lark thing. It was probably pushed by their public relations firm, one would have to imagine, because they made the announcement. They said, we're going into the Russian market. In fact, uh, you know, there was... uh, English and Russian coverage in Comersant, which is a widely read Russian uh, website, like a news website. And they basically were like, hey, we're open for business. We're coming here, you know, like uh, it was an obvious push. Um, I'll just read to you from the translation of the Russian uh, Comersant story, which is still online. The English one we got through the archive. The uh, Trump Organization is considering the possibility of building luxury housing and hotels in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Sochi. And they said yesterday, at the, real, the, uh, uh, the, the son of uh, the billionaire, Donald Trump Jr., that's what he said at yesterday at the Real Estate in Russia conference. To this end in August last year, the corporation registered in Russia the Trump trademark in the services sector in the segment of residential, commercial, and hotel real estate. So it was. It was a plan. It wasn't just something that happened. Um, it wasn't a lark. It wasn't a one-off. Um, the the article notes that Donald Trump attempted to enter the Russian market four years ago, and he held talks with the Moscow authorities about the participation of the the Trump organization in the reconstruction of two very famous hotels, the Mokva and the Russia, and it, it even notes that. Uh, you know, the co-owner of AFI Development, a man named Lev Levayev, who actually uh, got connected to the Prevazon corruption case because he sold apartments to Prevazon, who had laundered money from the Bill Browder uh, tax scam and filtered it into America. And they bought part apartments from Lev Levayev to try and launder the cash.
1: Grant Stern, everybody. I want to thank him for joining me today especially for his help on this investigation into Donald Trump Jr., where we keep explaining his Russian ties. We'll be back with part two, where we expand on the timeline of events right after Don Jr.'s June 2008 trip to Moscow, which included selling a big house in Palm Beach to a rich Russian oligarch for top dollar. Only 38 days after Don Jr.'s keynote speech, his daddy Donald closed the sale of a $100 million home. But to this very day, he doesn't like to talk about the deal. It was the largest single-family home sale in American history, and Donald Trump refuses to this day to brag about it. But the U.S. Senate is investigating the deal. And that's where we'll pick up on episode two of our investigative series about Don Junior, And in between Don Jr.'s June 2008 trip to Moscow and Trump Sr. selling the big house in Palm Beach, he and his sister Ivanka did something at a formerly Trump-branded hotel. Something so bad that it nearly landed them in jail. That'll be on the next installment of the Trump Jr. Files. Be sure to visit our website, dworkinreport.com, for more and check out the link in this story for the original report. Thanks again for listening. Onward!